0: Good morning and welcome to our worship services. It's good to see all of you here this morning. It's a beautiful day out. It's bright. The sun is shining.
1: But for us northern transplants, it's not warm enough. So I need all of you locals to grab hold of the outdoor thermostat and let's move it up a little bit.
0: This is why we moved here. All right. If you will, please, we're going to do number
2: 51. Father of Mercies will be our opening hymn.
3: All of mercy, day by day. My
1: thankful to be gathered together in your name uh, as your children, as those who know your love and know your mercy. Father, we uh, at one time didn't didn't know that, although it was there. We're thankful for your planning, thankful that you planned way before time, knowing that we would need your love and mercy to bring us back home. Father, we are thankful for your, thankful for your son. We're thankful for him willingly coming to this earth to serve as a A great uh, example, an example of service, an example of love, an example of mercy. As he brought light to this world. He brought light, he brought the word, and it's with us today. Father, uh, we're thankful for his sacrifice, that he willingly gave his life so that we could, our sins could be washed away, that we could have that that avenue to, to come back home. We're thankful that he was buried for three days. And arose again. We're thankful for that example, an example that mirrors our own path of uh, dying to our old self, being buried in baptism, and arising a new life clothed in Him. Father, we ask that you help us to spread that far and wide. Spread it to our loved ones, spread it to our neighbors, spread it to those who've never heard the good news. Sometimes the world wants to sh- shadow the good news as, as bad news, as like we're wanting to keep everybody away, keep people condemn that everyone. Father, we know the truth is we'd like to bring everyone into your kingdom. Father, we ask your blessings on the many who work in your field. Um, a lot of people just, we have no names, basically. We're just people doing, spreading what's been given to us. Father, we're also mindful of those who toil in the work full time. We ask that you bless them with steadfastness, bless them with that patience and love, a soft heart, uh, knowing the opportunities. Father, we ask that you bless Mike and Matt, Gary Wider and Rob McConnell with the Florida Prison Ministries, Barry Rosie with his new work in Molly, work that continues to happen at the Children's Home in Mount Dora and the Orphanage in Betacara in Madagascar. Ask that you be with Dennis in the work that he does in Nicaragua, Campion, Araton, Agrippa, and Peter, the work that they do in Zimbabwe. Father, many of us know people who work in that field full-time in other places. Maybe it's in the next town over, or maybe it's in far-off places like Guam or Scotland. Father, we ask that you bless each one of them, but also bless the people around them. Bless them with soft hearts that they will open their ears, open their hearts to hear of your love and the truth. Father, we ask for your blessings on this great nation. We ask for your blessing of peace. We ask for your blessing on a uh, the opportunity to continue to live godly lives. Father, there's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of infighting. Father, we ask that for you to heal. We ask you to bring this nation together indivisibly under you. Father, we ask for your healing hand on uh, many of this congregation who need it very desperately. We ask that you bless Calvin. He's in the hospital. He's had a long long road there. We understand he's on the list to be evaluated for a heart and kidney transplant. Father, we ask for positive results with that. Father, we ask your blessings on Bill Larner. He's lived with a brain tumor for a long time that hasn't changed, but now it's starting to change. Bless the, uh, the Larner Robinson families. They've uh, had some losses recently, as well as dealing with Mitzi's cancer and now Bill's problem. Father, we ask that you be with John Larson, He's still in the hospital, but we ask to heal him. Um, Father, we ask for your many blessings on the people of this congregation, the ones who can't get out and about ones who are homebound for one reason, whether they're taking care of someone who's sick or they are sick. Father, please be with ones who are doing what they can to stay healthy and they feel that it's the best for them for them to stay home. Help them to st- still feel connected, still feel comforted. And Father, we ask that you uh, help this great country, help the world, eradicate the, the Rona, to get us back to as normal as we can be. We're thankful for the vaccines. We ask that you help to spread that far and wide in such a way that we can stop stop, uh, having to worry about that. We can uh, come together and live lives like we were designed. Father, we ask for your blessings of love, guidance, and forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Our hymn before the Lord's Supper will be, O Sacred Head,
3: <laughs> O sacred
1: as being a man, but we also remember him as being God. Towards the end, he was persecuted. He was persecuted by the Jews. They, uh, they arrested him, they put him through three trials. They broke, I don't know, a bunch of commandments in doing it, um, held illegal trials, but they charged him with being a king. And he said, basically, you say that I am. Um, but we know him as king. We know him as Lord. We know him as the head of the kingdom. We know as the church. They passed him on to the Romans to persecute him. And they charged him with being sorry. As the Romans, it was the king. It was the Jews, and they they um, said, "You you say you're the son of God." Is what the Jews charged him with, and the Romans charged him with being a king. But he's both. He's the son of God, and he's a king. As Christians, we've said that ourselves. We've said that he is the son of God. We've said that he is the Lord and Savior. and As we uh, take the Lord's Supper, it's in remembrance of what He's done, but also in that hope that that is what saves us. That's what brings us home to be with God. Please bow with me. Dear Lord, we're thankful for the sacrifice of your Son to come on this earth, to walk as a man, to face the same temptations that we face every day. Um, I don't know how He faced a lot of that. Father, we—he uh, ultimately gave his own life. They didn't—he didn't take it. They didn't take it from him. He willingly sat through the trials. He was willingly treated poorly as can be, including the, the song talked about the crown of thorns, as they called him a king and mocked him. The beatings that he took, the anyway, the, the terrors of this life. But ultimately, he gave his own life and was buried for us and rose again to show us his new life. Father, we, uh, as we take this bread, which represents his broken body, we can remember the, the sins that we've done to break our own body. We know that uh, the penalty of that under the old law. We're thankful that Jesus has taken that for us. As we take this bread, may we remember that maybe we also focus on the future focus on a future which is eternal and has already started in his name we pray amen bow with me dear lord as we take this fruit of the vine remember that the, the blood that washes away sins the blood that appeases you Father, we uh, are thankful that his blood that was shed 2,000 years ago still covers our sins today, covers sins forward and backwards. And the hope that we can share that with friends and family, we can share that with the next generation, we can share it in far-off places like Zimbabwe, we can share it in far-off places like Nicaragua, or places we would never think about going, like inside of a prison. But Father, it's just as valid there, as it is in our lives. For that, we're thankful. Father, we we ask your blessings that uh, you can see us as clean, that we can live to honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen.
0: Our hymn before Mike's lesson this morning will be number 670-670.
2: Good morning.
0: Some of you saw before the services, some of you have come afterwards. I didn't know Paul had such great voice. He really has got great voice. This comes from the book that uh, my small group is studying from on Tuesday
2: nights. It's entitled, You're Never Alone. And he says this, if you had watched Kayla Montgomery run, and they will
0: tell you that Kayla was a steady runner, a sturdy runner, whipped thin and determined. She was one of the fastest long distance runners in the country. Trained eyes couldn't take their eyes off of her. Her performance on the high school squad in Winston-Salem caught the attention of coaches, competitors, and college.
2: She set distance records. She won state titles. She competed in the nationals. and the scholarship started in. Had you watched her run, you'd have been impressed. She was ranked 21st in the country. What you never would have guessed or even imagined is that she ran with no feelings in her legs. She was diagnosed
0: with multiple sclerosis at the age of 15. The disease is an autoimmune disease. It targets the sheath of the nerves affecting the brain and spine. Heat sensitivity is one of many possible symptoms of MS. And when Kayla overheated, her MS symptoms flared up, leaving her
2: running, numb, from the waist down. Still, she wanted to run. The scholarships had dried up, but she wanted to run.
0: And she eventually landed an athletic scholarship to the David Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee,
2: that these my part. The numerous, the numbness would set in at the first mile marker.
0: After she relied on that, she relied on
2: the numbness, as if she was on autopilot. Running was doable, but stopping, well... That was another story.
0: She would cross the finish line with no ability to decelerate.
2: For this she depended on her coach. They were a fixture at the races shouting encouragement and prodding but the greatest contribution
0: was they caught Kayla. They would stand at the finish line waiting for them. She would run into their arms. She couldn't slow down and the catchers didn't move. It was a
2: small collision each time. When they finally halted her progress, he would lift her and
0: carry her off the track. As she shouted over and over, my legs, my legs, wait,
2: where did they go? Please help me, please help me. And the coaches would assure you, we've got you. They'd carry her to a safe spot, give her water, ice her down, and gradually her body temperature would lower and the feeling in her legs would return. And the writer says this. That was their pledge to her and to, not, and to us. We're not in this life alone.
0: There is a friend who is with us all the way, and for sure he'll be at the end ready to catch us. Please, please will you acknowledge that you need him, Would you open the door of your life
2: and ask him to come in? Would you acknowledge that you need God in your life? Would you? Would you pray with me, please? Father, I come this morning thanking you for being my God. I thank you that you have been our friend and that we are following you because you catch us when we need catching. Lord, I ask that you help us see you
0: and help me to get out of the way, that they can focus in
2: on you, in Jesus' name. For those of you who have been here, it's been a
0: while since we got into First John, we talked about the Gnostics. The Gnostics believed that Jesus was a spirit, that he really wasn't a man. And so the first four verses of chapter 1 deal with John saying he was a man. We saw him, we touched him, we ate with him. He was a man. If you didn't catch all that, that we talked about... There are some back on the back table that you can just pick up, but I didn't want to spend all our time reviewing. I wanted to move ahead. So if you need one of those, pick it up. If you don't, that's okay too.
2: Beginning in verse 5. This is the message we've heard from him. And declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all.
0: If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's one of those passages that if you read real quick and don't take time to
2: pause, you could run into trouble. Darkness. What in the world is biblical darkness? Well, it's kind of hard to define. It's like going out and trying to
0: explain water to a fish. If you would have said, hey, you are in water, the fish would look up at you like you're kind of crazy, if he could understand. It's just where he lives. It's just what he has. It's just he lives there and he knows
2: what he does and he does it in water. And that's what it's like to walk in darkness. We do it and it's there, but sometimes
0: we don't know. Now, there are a lot of different ways that the Bible uses the term to describe us. Some help, some not as much.
2: In the old, time, old Testament, in some of the early versions, it describes
0: darkness of mind as being confused. You can't grab hold of what it's saying because you're not open to it. And so you end up confused and you don't understand. And when Michelle was little, I, I would tell her about eating vegetables. And she, when it came to a vegetable she ate, I would explain all the benefits of it. And I said, now, now you want it? She says, no. And I said, why not? She says, I don't understand how that works. Yeah, that's darkness. I don't understand. The other one that's big in the Old Testament is there's a darkness of heart. Sometimes it uses the word hardness of heart. As you get into the more modern translations, these things change a little bit. A good example of that changing as you get into the the New Testament and, and following how things change a little bit, he talks about In the last days. Now sometimes when we read in the last days, we think that that happening just before Jesus comes. That's not causing just before Jesus comes. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of good. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with him. Now some of you read that list and say, that sounds just like today. Yeah? They are the kind of people who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women. They're loaded down with sins, and they're swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Now that, that you say, man, I, I, he couldn't have described us any better. Listen to where it goes back to. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. So also these men opposed the truth. They were men of a depraved mind, who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected. But they will not get very far, because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Now,
2: if you're a Bible student, you say, well, where are they in the Bible? They're not. But we know who they are. They are the head magicians of Pharaoh.
0: So when Moses went and he turned water into blood, they knew a magic trick that would do it. And after the water had been turned to blood, when the frogs came and
2: started dying, they could make that happen. And then the gnats came. And they could make gnats come. But that's where the magicians ended up
0: and they couldn't follow Moses anymore but it never opened their minds to the possibility that there was a power that was greater than them. They didn't understand. And that's the whole point that Timothy's trying to make it. There's going to be a lot of times people won't understand. But it doesn't happen just in your time. It's happened in all time. You think Adam and Eve would have eaten, been tempted and followed Satan's advice if he understood what it would do? They didn't understand. They just got to the point where they were
2: trying to grasp hold of it, but they couldn't. Now, what does this mean for us?
0: If you want to summarize it, this is my summary. You probably could do as good. These people don't care about other people. They use them to get what they want. These people continually do what they know is wrong. Even though they know it's
2: wrong, they're not going to stop. You get these people in counseling a lot. I had a man who
0: came in and he didn't have any top teeth. And I looked at him and I said, man. He said, uh, I drink a little too much and then I fall.
2: He lost all of his top teeth. You know where he was going after the appointment? Back to the bar. So he knew he needed help, but he just couldn't stop. They're often cruel. They'll hurt people to get what they want.
0: That's that's the summary of what he's saying, that darkness is
2: like that. And because darkness is like that, we're to defeat it in our lives. But how do you defeat it? This is the message
0: we've heard from him and declared to you. God is light, and there is no, and in, and in him there is no darkness at all. I like the NCV, the New Century version. Here's the message we've heard from Christ and announced to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Really close. But what he is declaring is darkness isn't something that we sit back one day and say, I'm going to get better. I'm going to do better. I'm really going to do better. I'm going to give it my best effort and I,
2: I'm going to do, do things better. What they just said is, If you want to get out of darkness, you got to go to the light. You won't get out of darkness. You got to go to God. Because God is light, and there's
0: no darkness in Him at all. And if you want your life to change, He's the motivation, He's the power. It's not in us that I'm going to will to be like a Christian, it's not that way. If you've done Bible studies with people, once in a while you'll run into somebody who says, I understand what you say and I understand. I just got to get my life straight first. No, don't put you first. Put God
2: first. He's the light. Don't think that you'll get better on your own without him.
0: But realize since he's the light, you can't get better on your own without him.
2: So God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all.
0: The second part in verse 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. That's verse 6. We claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. It's easy to talk the talk. It's easy to sound like you've got Christianity and you really want to
2: be a Christian and you really want to... But if they just knew what you did when nobody was looking, if they just understood, you're not trying to walk in the light, you're trying to cover your darkness. And if you're trying to cover your darkness, you'll never get to the light. Now, the third part is the one
0: that some of you are probably going to light up on because it says, if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, there are two promises there. The first one is that we have Fellowship. Now, this is why you probably wanted to, to get a little brighter in things. When we say fellowship, we think eating. There's an old, old story that goes way back that Peter at the gates of heaven could guess which church you went to by what you brought with you. And one lady comes up and she has a casserole and he says, your church of Christ. And that's because that's our idea of Fellowship you going to have a fellowship? Yeah, what's on the menu? That's not what the word means. Koinonia. When you hear the word koinonia, it means that we're family. We're partners on this journey. We are the family of God. And because we are the family of God, it calls for us to, to live our lives totally different. We live our lives concerned about each other. Think of your earthly family. What would you do if they needed you? Now, those of you who know me know I have a daughter and son-in-law that, that live in Illinois. I've tried to convince them to move to Florida. They're not coming. I got two grandchildren with them. And
2: she called me today and said, I need you here, Dad. I'm on the next plane. Why? It's family. If she needs me, I'm gonna be there. She doesn't have to tell me why. She doesn't have to tell me how urgent it is. She just says, Dad, I need you. The only one who might beat me on that plane is my wife. If they need us, we're gone. That's what fellowship is all
0: about. It's giving up yourself for the benefit of others. Yeah, we can eat together. That's fun. And when we go to Illinois, they take us out to, a, they take us out to nature's gardens. We, get, we go to a big botanical garden,
2: and we eat the strangest things while we're there. It doesn't matter. We're family. And if you say, I've got to have this, I've got to be eating steak or chicken or whatever you eat, your family's not going to be together long. You see, if I could put a sign up over the
0: door as you came into the auditorium, it would be the no perfect people allowed.
2: We're not perfect. We need each other. And we need someone to catch us. You see, Jesus knew we would sin. No matter how hard you try, you're a human being, and human beings sin. So the promise is,
0: if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus continually
2: cleanses us from all sin. You see, when we repent and we are baptized for the remission
0: of sin, he's our big brother. He's family. And as we're running, if we're stumbling and we can't decelerate,
2: decelerate, he will catch us. And he will get us to heaven. That's so important to grasp. We serve such a God.
0: So if you've never repented of your sins and been baptized for the remission of sins, he's still waiting and he will catch you and he will forgive you. You can be part of the church today, part of his family by
2: by saying, God, I'm going to try harder to do it your way, but I know it's going to take the blood of Jesus.
0: Or if you've once done that and you're no longer walking with him who died for you, Then let this be the moment that you come. If there's a way we can help you, won't you come? Why, together we stand and
3: sing. (laughs)
1: Thanks, Mike. Lessons on the light are always uh, Chuck would say, it, enlightening. So, um, anyways, it, it is. Light is the, the first thing created, and uh, again, Jesus comes as the light. Um, there's a million and one ways to look at it. A friend of mine once said, "Roaches run from the light," and uh, that's how important it is. So, anyways, thanks for joining us here on Orange Carpet, or on your oran- old, or on your own Orange Carpet and Orange Furniture at home. A few updates, grab yourself a bulletin. If you get a paper copy, if you're here, you probably can find it on Facebook. You might get an email or snail mail later, otherwise. Uh, That's the guide to everything. I say that, there's a lot of updates. Um, We've got some slides that run before the video, or up here. Um, We've updated some, I I hate to say the word triage, but some things that have happened since the bulletin was published. So to update on some of those, Gail Griffin is home. After uh, after her surgery and uh, everything, she is actually home. Um, she's got a lot of care still. Don't think that she's out of the woods at all. So a lot of care, but she is home, and we're thankful for that. Uh, Bill Larner. Bill Larner has a brain tumor. He's had it for several years. It hasn't changed. Uh, the last scan shows that it has changed. So please be with the Larners and Robinsons and all through that. Kathy Metz, who had been hospitalized with pneumonia, she is back at Solaris. Uh, in Marin Island, back at the assisted living facility there. I think it's a rehab uh, facility, but anyway, she's back at Solaris. Uh, Gary Foreman. I think Gary is supposed to come home today. Gary had uh, surgery on his back and blood clots in his lungs and not had a good time with this, but hopefully Gary is going to be able to come home today. John Larson was hospitalized after his defibrillator went off several times. He is expected to come home today, too. Uh, Kayla, the brother of Greg Rapp. has has made the decision to go into detox and uh, rehab. That's a a very strong decision to make, and we wish her the best with that. So please pray for Kayla. Calvin Nobles, Calvin's had a long row of it. Um, He's being evaluated now for a a transplant, a heart and a kidney. Um, That's where he's at. Um, Like I said, he's been, for months, he's been in the hospital with bleeds and such like that, problems. If you could, send some encouragement to Calvin. Send some encouragement to Arliss. Send it to the house. If you want to send a a note, a card, send it to the house. It'll get to Calvin over at the hospital. Um, It'll encourage all of them. Um, Colonel Bob Spillman. Colonel Bob said that uh, he's got a cough, so he's not out today. He was able to get the vaccine shot the other day, which I know a lot of people are very hopeful for. We're all very hopeful for those. So he was able to get one. So anyways, he's uh, staying home. And uh, Raina Massey, who watches online, I think she's from Pinellas Park, so she watches online each week, and she has a prayer request in the uh, in the bulletin uh, for a family for a friend who lost a family member, lost a father, so she has a prayer request there. Um, like I said, some of these people, Raina watches at home, and then Bob, Colonel Bob Spillman, I know he's watching at home. There's others who watch at home each week, if that is the best option for you, if you're sick or just don't want to get out, we have many that do. And I'll... Wanted to give a shout out to some of them who I know who are there and it's um, helping them encourage them. Alvin, Roseanne, the Larners, the Spillmans, and Raina, I know are some of the people who faithfully watch on a regular basis um, on home. Nice thing about that, you don't actually have to tune in at nine o'clock if that's not your thing. You want to time shift that, sometimes that just works. So they are archived if uh, Monday or Tuesday, you need some more encouragement, or you want to hear some of these words again or see a slide, it's still there. So, anyways, that's uh, we worked on that, and that is available for you. So, my words this week are to uh, stay safe, stay faithful, uh, be diligent with your part in all of it, and be vigilant to keep yourself safe. Till next time.
3: you.
2: some of the most difficult
4: words for us to embrace is when Jesus said at the end of Matthew 6 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough of troubles of its own (laughs) in the times we're living right now we worry about tomorrow, but he says, just concentrate on today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And as we pray this this morning when we leave the building, maybe it would be a good thing if we just think about that a little bit and just think about today. Pray with me, please. <clears throat> Holy Father in heaven, you have many things to say to us, and some days they sink in and some days they don't. But one thing we know for sure is that you're always there, you're always present and encouraging us. We thank you for that, Father, and as we leave this building today, and as we leave the fellowship with one another, whether we're all physically present or whether we're present in the whole assembly throughout the world and throughout the universe, Father, we ask you to help us remember that you're there with us, all the way in everything we do and everything we say. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.